0: Former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter.
1: Hey, this is Bobby Gibson. I'm Josh Cruz. Hi,
0: this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. you listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie.
2: No question. With all due respect.
0: This is Sports Power Talk
2: with the latest in sports news.
0: Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. (laughs) Have you ever tried DMT? (laughs) And, of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? (laughs) It's only game.
1: Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns. You know, bro, on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese.
2: Cleveland, this is for you. From the best that Ohio sports
0: has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips. Now it's time for SPT. We are. Live from the University of Akron, ladies and gentlemen from Northeast Ohio and beyond. This is the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk. I am your host. My name is Jake Murren. And even on a week where I will get hated most for saying it, I am your favorite Baker Mayfield supporter. Joining me on today's show are two of my analysts. First, he's a Muay Thai practitioner and the creator of of the Not Your Everyday MMA podcast. He is Alex Henry. What's
2: up, guys? Jake, I, I don't know how you're proud of that title, brother, but uh, I would announce myself any other way. Hey. I appreciate
0: you giving me a pretty good uh, announcement. <laughs> as always, man. And second, I think it's been a while since you've heard this man on SBT. Hopefully things don't get ugly between us today. He's formerly known as the rookie he is, Matt Bermuka.
1: What's up, guys? How are we doing today?
0: So, guys, the NFL is back in two hours kickoff will take place for 16 teams in the national football league i know we're all very excited about that i think this is both of your first ever sbts on an nfl sunday how are you guys feeling about that
1: you know, my Browns anxiety attack is already kicking in. I mean, like, I mean, Alex, if you want to reach out and feel my heart, you could probably feel it beating out of my chest, through my sweatshirt, and through my jersey. Uh, the Browns are really bad for my health, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, great way to spend the day.
2: Yeah, I, my actual first show was the day of the Super Bowl last year. But um, besides that, I really haven't been able to cover Browns football, and that's what I care about most in sports, so I'm very excited
0: yeah absolutely the Browns are not very good for my health too Matt kind of determines my my mood the rest of the day and oh it's throughout the week as well
1: yeah for me it's the entire week yeah no it's bad it's bad
0: well gentlemen let's break the fourth wall to start today's program what I'm wearing has caused some chaos up here it's been posted to our twitter at WZIP sports but for those of you that have not seen it guys what jersey do I have on
1: uh, Jake, you are in a black Carolina Panthers number 6 Baker Mayfield jersey. You proudly spent $100 on that. I did not I, spend the money. I was never was raised to comment on anyone's financial decisions, so I am going to abstain from any further comment on that. I'm just going to say I would not have made that decision if I were you.
0: It was a gift, and I love it. Alex, any comment on the jersey?
1: You know, Jake, you, know,
2: you could have picked any player in the NFL to be a fan of and you choose to support Baker and, you know, while that's an awful decision and all. What upsets me the most is, you know, if you're a real Browns fan, just like a, a Browns fan, you should be supporting your team today. You wear that jersey any other week, Jake. You wear know, it next week. The week, week that's that they're fine. not yeah. playing the the Panthers. But you wear it the week we're playing the Panthers. You're wearing a Panthers jersey. You're supporting the other team by wearing that jersey and
0: it's kind of upsetting to me. Look, it's it's more the player than the team. Support
2: Look, the player well, tonight or today and every other day. But why do you have to wear his jersey when he plays your team, Jake?
0: He's my favorite player in the NFL, man. What can That's I say? Sad. I'm Look, supporting I'm supporting sad. this player today by wearing his jersey. Look, I'm gonna, not supporting the team.
1: All I'm going to say is if my dad saw me in a Baker Mayfield Panthers jersey, he'd come out of his grave and he'd say like five sentences to me. I raised you better than that. Stick with this team, even though it's bad for your health. I didn't th- hit John Elway with a milk bone during the drive for you to take this way out. I love you, and I raised you better. Those would be the five
0: sentences he'd say. Hey, listen, man. I'm supporting Baker Mayfield. I'm still a Browns fan. Brown I still fans the Browns fans in your cars
2: right now listening on the app. You should be disgusted
0: with Jake as much as we are right now. It's all about Baker Mayfield, man. And for those of you that support Baker Mayfield still like I do, I hope you're proud. I hope you're proud that I'm wearing this, as am I.
1: Riding with 6 to 6
0: and 11. I mean, we'll see what happens. It all starts today. And among other things, we will talk about the madness of a weekend that the UFC had with UFC 279. Matt is not an MMA fan, but... Alex and I will still force him into a fun little game when we force him to pronounce some fairly complicated names in the UFC. We'll also talk about the MLB and the Cleveland Guardians and answer all your hot mic questions in about an hour. But first, we'll kick off today's program by talking about week two of college football. Winners and losers was a lot of fun last week, so we'll get to that in a matter of moments. But first, let's unfortunately talk... About our one and one football team in the Akron Zips, because yesterday they had a rough showing at Michigan State, losing fifty-two to zero. Guys, I'll kick it right to you. What did you think of yesterday's game?
1: Uh, so the first thing I have in my notes is um, pain, a lot and a lot of pain. That was sad to see. I was am not gonna, I was at work for most of it. I was able to catch some snippets on break, but I'm like I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't have to watch that because that that was just unfortunate. You know, it's always it, it's the vices of going to like a smaller conference school because you know you you need to play those big teams so you can get some funding, but it's like man, those are not fun to watch at all. It's oh tragic.
0: Yeah, it was not fun at all. Alex, I know you watched the majority of the game, if not all of it. What do you think? My condolences.
2: Yeah, I watched pretty much the whole game. And, you know, there's two things in this world that I really don't like, and that's Michigan fans and Draymond Green. And having to watch Draymond Green just, you know, roast our players on the sidelines just hurt me way more than the loss did. (laughs) Um, but no, oh. it, I mean, it was a very uh, sad performance by Akron. You know, they struggle with basic things, Jake. They struggle with wrapping up, and offensively, they struggle with holding on to the ball. And, you know, if I'm Coach Moorhead, I'm all week, we're going to basic drills. We're going to do hitting drills, whether you know we're doing oklahoma i don't know what we're doing but we're doing hitting drills where our wide receivers are holding and running backs are going to learn how to hold on to the ball and our defensive players are going to learn how to wrap up and hit and i guess we'll teach them like they're an eighth grade football team because that's the way they played and it was pretty sad
1: i think they banned the oklahoma drill from college sports actually (laughs) i think that that might get us in some trouble any
2: any hitting any hitting drill That way, you know, discipline these guys. They need it. Oh, my goodness. None of them could do it. And it was really sad to watch.
0: Yeah, very critical there from Alex Henry. You know, we started the game with some great drives on offense. Oh, yeah. And DJ Irons looked sharp. The scheme and play calling were all working. But as you said, Alex, the one thing we struggled with the most, I'd say, was ball security two fumbles stopped successful drives early and led to two touchdowns in the first quarter for the spartans our offense ended up losing four fumbles in the game and before we talk about individual performance in the game just that 52 loss just 52 to zero we couldn't reach the end zone once we couldn't kick a field goal we were really never in the red zone in this game either and of course let's just talk about dj irons right now 9 for 13, 123 yards before getting injured. Of course, he was carted to the locker room after a right leg injury in the second quarter. Jeff Undercuffler was the backup in yesterday's game. 50% completion percentage for 80 yards and fumbled the ball twice. What do you guys think of not only DJ Irons, but I guess his backup as well in Jeff Undercuffler?
1: Irons looked so good, too. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, you know, the team as a whole, we were outmatched. But, I mean, Irons looked good with what he had. He, You know, he looked like he was improving week by week. And just to see his season, you know, at least a portion of the season taken away from him is very unfortunate for the Zips this year.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll definitely be praying for Irons. You know, he he looks so good. And this is definitely one of the hardest defenses that he would have had to play against our whole
1: schedule. After Tennessee, it's downhill. You're getting to MAC conference play. I mean, you can compete there.
2: And, you know, proving how he was able to actually play versus, um, you know, their defense, whether wide receivers could catch the ball or not, which is a whole other topic, he looked pretty good until he had to go down. And, yeah, it was pretty
0: sad. Yeah, he looked sharp. And like I said, that play calling and just offensive scheme on those first two, three drives was beautiful to see. Yeah, exactly. And against a Big Ten opponent like Michigan State on the road, you love to see that from Akron. And there was a moment in that first quarter where I thought, hey, the Akron Zips are going to hang around in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the final score ends up being 52 to nothing. Let's talk about Shockey Jacques-Louis as well. You know, week one, he became one of my favorite players on this Akron Zips football team. Eight catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. And then yesterday, three catches, 31 yards, and even lost a fumble. He was one of those men who lost a fumble in that first quarter. Do guys have anything for me on Jacques-Louis?
1: You know, he looked really good against St. Francis, but I think a lot of receivers are going to look really good against St. Francis. You know, he's still one of our better players. I mean, it's an off game for him. You're going up against Michigan State corners. I mean, these guys are no worse than three-star recruits out of high school. I mean, I, I can't fault the guy. I can't fault him for that.
2: Yeah, that's a good take, Matt. I pretty much agree with everything Matt said.
0: Yeah, I agree with you guys as well. And I think our biggest weakness on the Zips football team, of course, yesterday we showed a ton of them, whether that was our lack of tackling or just ball security in general, like you have been saying, Alex, is our offensive line. We gave up so many sacks last week to St. Francis of all teams, and this week we gave up five sacks. And The Spartans had nine tackles for loss. Guys, will the zips ever get better on the O line?
1: Uh, you you got to hammer that in recruiting this year. You have to hammer that in recruiting. I think towards the middle of the season, it can get better when you're not going up against, uh, you know, Big Ten schools and, like, you know, very good front sevens. You know, it, what helps bad offensive lines a lot is running the football. And once you get more into MAC play and you get against equal competition, your running game hopefully can take off there and that can, you know, mask some of the issues. But, Yesterday was ugly. I mean, Jake, you had, uh, hit the nail on the head right there. Five sacks given up and then nine tackles for loss. That you, you can't win like that. Yeah, and sure, you know,
2: some of those did come from blitz, right? But a lot of the time, they were just sending a regular four. Oh, you yeah, know, they were rushing and they, three and four. Yeah, <laughs> and, then they and, were, they, and they couldn't handle just a regular, you know, defensive line rush. And if you, if you can't even do that for literally majority of your possession offensively then you're going to struggle and you know whether we have some big guys and you know obviously technique's huge but a big thing about having a good O line is having a big offensive lineman there's some big dudes on the o-line i don't know you know why they struggle with blocking so much i don't know if it's the coaching maybe or what but i mean definitely need some new players or some work for sure
0: yeah, we have big guys, but I think you hit the nail right on the head there by saying the technique isn't there for them. right? And just not being able to protect against that three-, four-man rush, you're not going to win football games like that at all. And even going to the other side of the ball, the defense, they didn't look great either, of course, 52-0. to zero. They had two interceptions, but they gave up 260 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Compare that to the 22 rushing yards that the Zips had all game long. Next week, we go on the road to play the 24th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday at 7 p.m. The Volunteers are 2-0 after crushing Ball State 59-10 to in Week 1 oh boy. and narrowly beating 17th-ranked Pitt yesterday 34-27 to in OT on the road. So another tough matchup here for the Zips. You guys have any predictions for me on that game?
1: You know, this game is going to look uh, a lot different than Michigan State did. Tennessee runs, you know, your typical college spread offense or Michigan State's, you know, ground and pound, under center stuff still. So, you know, you're going to see something different, and hopefully our defense is better equipped to handle a Tennessee-type offense than we were Michigan State, and that's pretty much all I've got.
2: I think we're going to look really bad, and I hate to say it because, you know, Jake just – I mean, what, it was just two weeks ago I was so high – on the Zips when we were up here talking about him, you know, I'm talking about them winning the MAC and every. This, this seems great. They're going to be big teams, and I mean, I've I've seen enough in these two games to confidently say we're going to do bad until they prove me otherwise. Uh, I can't really say anything confidently about
0: them. Yeah, Tennessee should climb the rankings after some upsets this week, and if DJ Irons isn't available to play, I could see another beating for the Akron Zips, and I'll I'll go with. 45-3, to because I don't have confidence in our offense under cuffler under Yeah, Jeff under DJ Irons. I wish him a speedy recovery. Hopefully he gets back on the football field soon for the Akron Zips. But let's talk about college football in general now. And we had our around-the-root question last week as the College Football Board of Committees. They came together and voted on an expanded college football playoff of 12 teams, I think being instituted in 2026. So our round-the-root question last week was, what's the perfect number for the college football playoff? We gave the options of 6, 8, 10, and 12. Zero people voted for 6, 54% of you voted for 8, and then 23% of you voted for 10, and 23% of you voted for 12. So since you guys weren't on last week's show, I thought I would ask you, what do you think is the perfect number for the college football playoff?
1: I just hate the college football playoff in general. I would I would gladly abolish it and return to the BC, uh, BCS system. That is just my controversial hot take. So I I I that's, that's a hot take. Yeah, I, that is
0: an L take, right? I there. do
1: not like the college football playoff whatsoever. I don't think hardly any of the games have been even watchable. It uh no, I I don't like it. I don't like it.
0: Why is that? Why is we got to investigate this a little bit. Yeah, this because a, there's, you get
2: to say that and be like, I don't like it. There's
1: such a talent imbalance amongst college football. They really struggle with parity. And I'd much rather have a computer system, you know, go through all the analytics and create favorable matchups as opposed to having to watch like another Cincinnati Alabama game on New Year's mm-hmm. Eve. Those are just I don't like watching those games because they're fun for the first quarter, and then it's Bama's up twenty-one to nothing. And then now it's like, all right, well, there's six hours till the next game. Maybe that one will be good. And it's not good. And you're like, I just wasted an entire day watching two blowouts. It's it's terrible.
0: I mean, I don't think they're always like that, though. Especially you, in the early years of the college football playoff. What was your What was your games. favorite
1: college football playoff game? Out like you know, twenty. Go back like go back to 2014. What are the memorable ones for you? Because the only memorable one I have was the uh, Oklahoma Georgia Rose
0: Bowl. I mean, there's that, but also the first year when Ohio State won it all. Well, as the fourth I, seed, is and that, they beat I, Alabama and Oregon.
1: Is that just bias because we're in Ohio, or is that because you actually thought the games were good? I thought I the mean, it's a little bit of both. The oregon
2: game was very good. Even
1: the
0: Alabama game. Oh, the we al- were
1: underdogs no, in both The games. Alabama game was entertaining. I'll give you that. I think the Oregon game, that was a blowout by the third quarter.
0: I mean, of course we were rooting for Ohio State in those games, but the uh, entertainment factor of those games aren't harmed just because we are rooting for one of the teams. That's fair. The but, one
2: thing I will give you, Matt, is I do agree That, you know, talent-wise, when you're looking at college football, it is very unbalanced. And I would like more of a better way to fix that. And I don't know what that um, solution is. You can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't. But I actually think that bringing in maybe a bigger playoffs maybe helps that a little more because it might make some better favorable matches.
1: So you want to watch Baylor take on Alabama? in the first round?
0: Why not? We saw Texas give them a fight yesterday. Oh, but that that is completely different. Oh, boy. No, that's not going to be... If an unranked team can give a ranked team, and the number one team in the country, a fight on any given week of the college football regular season, why can't that happen when it's an actual ranked the, opponent in a college football playoff setting?
1: Uh, because Nick Saban will get those guys, you know what, together come playoff time because he wants a national championship.
0: Well, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying... It can be competitive like this isn't gonna be it's like just, this i mean man, this isn't gonna be like it. college
1: basketball where like a, like you know a shooter gets really hot and that guy can carry a team past a kentucky or a duke and you Why know get a, it it doesn't work like that in football it just it doesn't happen
0: see i'm i agree with alex here because i'm saying if you see a team like baylor make the college football playoff consistently over the years because it is 12 teams starting in 2026 Maybe that attracts some recruits. Maybe no, Baylor it, becomes a you, program. You know, what
1: a, you know what attracts recruits? Boosters
0: and NIL deals. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. In today's age, that is definitely a thing. That's why Texas A&M is Texas A&M right now.
1: Fair enough. I, fair. I guess agree to disagree. I just, I don't think an expanded playoff is going to be really entertaining. I don't think we're going to see any of these, you know, like, you know, down goes Bama in the first round or, you know, we have like a, Oklahoma upsets Ohio State in you know the final eight or something like that. I don't. I just don't think that's plausible with this.
0: It happens in the regular season. I could see it happen in the playoff. At least some more entertaining games. And even if there are some blowouts, which I'm sure there will be, there's always that chance for an upset in an expanded playoff. Alex, what is your perfect number for a college football playoff? Before we move on.
2: Yeah, Jake. I like eight. Uh, I I do actually kind of like a smaller um, playoff and. My one thing, which kind of goes along with sort of what Matt was saying, is how, you know, they rank things. Every year there's always, like, I you know, because it's only ever been four, but not every year, but there's always those years where it's, like, a sixth seed or a fifth seed, and I'm like, man, they should have made it in. And they didn't, right? But I did always like how it was smaller. So I, I'd go eight to leave that opening um, for that. I just think six would – if you're going to make it bigger – don't go four to six, but maybe double it four to eight.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that take. I did vote 12, though. I'm just excited to see the college football playoff expanded. I have said multiple times on this show that I just want to see the entire thing blow up. 12 teams, perfect. Give it to me, even if there are some un- uncompetitive games, even if the regular season is tarnished, just a little bit give it to me i'm very excited for the future of college football but before we end our discussion on college football we started this last week and we're keeping it going with at least one winner and one loser for week two of college football matt i'll go to you first for a winner winner
1: of the week app state baby app state upsets number six texas a&m 17 to 14 after that game against north carolina last week that was like 62 to 59 or something insane their defense finally stepped up in I uh, I don't I forget the uh, AM stadium. Their defense stepped up big in front of 110,000 people. App State, you're on the rise. You're my winner for week 2.
0: Yeah, they are my winner as well after scoring 44th quarter points last week in a 63 to 61 loss mm, to yeah. UNC. They went on the road to texas a&m and beat the number six ranked team in the nation 17 to 14 and there's a video trending right now on the streets of app state after the win which like it's a fantastic video seeing that mob of people storm the streets of boone north carolina alex what is your winner
2: we all agree you know i app think state. i think seeing texas go down like that is pretty cool so that's a big win in my book
0: Alright, App State is all of our winners for Week 2 of College Football Playoff, but the losers, there are many losers of Week 2. Alex, I'll, I'll go to you first this time.
2: Yeah, you know, my my uh, my loser was a winner. I got Alabama. You know, they, you know, I watched some of the highlights of the game. Uh, I was, I didn't watch the whole game though, but they didn't look good. I mean, it really, I mean, mind you, I don't watch most Alabama games until they get later into the season because I have no interest. But, I mean, they, like, really like, didn't look good, and I'm surprised they pulled out a win, so I have them as my loser this week.
0: Yeah, Alabama narrowly beat Texas 20-19 to on the road with Quinn Ewers injured for most of the game, and Alabama was penalized 15 times the most in the Nick Saban era and one shy of the school record set in t- 2002 Matt, who is your loser?
1: I'm going to lump two of these together. I have uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the fans of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. How do you lose to Marshall? You paid Marshall $1.5 million to come to your stadium for a tune-up game, and they beat you. That, that was painful. I saw the end of that game while I was at work, and I was just I was so livid. Marcus Freeman is now zero three as the Fighting Irish head coach, and Twitter after the game was not friendly to Notre Dame fans and Catholics all over the world. It was, oh boy, that was that was rough. That was a rough day for me.
0: Well, Matt, my loser is also Notre Dame, as, cause, it, sh-
1: as it should be. Uh, I just mean, bring it on, flame me now.
0: Their season is over, Matt. It's I, rough.
1: It never they they never had one to be. <laughs> <laughs> they ne- t- no like twenty like. 2024 is the year we're supposed to be really good, and I'm like, I, I'm kind of just like I want to just hit super sim on this season because oh yeah, number eight painful.
0: Notre Dame loses to unranked Marshall at home, and they still have tough games this season against UNC, BYU, Clemson, and USC. It's going to be tough trail for you, Matt. I know. Yeah. Th- what you think they're going to win? No.
1: <laughs> like ever win a
0: game? They'll probably go eight and four. All right. I mean, that's not. I mean, that's No, that's terrible. That's ter- no,
1: that's terrible. In college football standards, yeah. that is terrible. You don't yeah. have a conference championship? Yeah, that is abysmal.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, I hate, mean, hate I hate it. After, I starting hate it 0-2, though, <laughs> <laughs> after starting 0 2, though, after starting 0 2, things could be worse for Notre no It well, we shouldn't
1: be 0 2. Well, it shouldn't be. You're right. You're right. We had the number one recruiting class and when July rolled around, and now we lost to the Thundering Herd. mm.
0: That you did. Marshall with the upset over Notre Dame yesterday. And that will do it for our college football segment to start today's sports power talk. When we return, we're going to talk about the madness that was UFC 279 last night. Alex and I's prediction show. Throw that out the window. We have a lot to discuss (laughs) next. And Matt will pronounce some rather difficult names in the UFC. So stay tuned for that as well. What's going on, everyone? We are back with the Best Sports Talk show this side of Lake Erie. This is Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murray, and I'm the host of your show, of your show today. I am joined by Alex Henry. What's up, guys? And Matt Bermucca.
1: My Browns heart attack is already ramping up, and it's not even 1130.
0: Yeah, we will get to all NFL talk in about an hour, leading you right in to kickoff. But for now, Alex, we have to talk about UFC Two seventy nine, And before we get into the fight themselves, let's talk about the insanity that was Friday with the weigh-ins. Shemaev weighs in 7.5 pounds over the welterweight limit. Top three fights on the main card change and the three catchweight fights on the main card as well. What did you think of the weigh-ins?
2: Jake, I am so frustrated with fighters not making weight. And over over 8 pounds, Jake. It's ridiculous. You are in a main event fight. Charles Oliveira is not the champ. I'm so tired of hearing Tr- Charles Oliveira or the champ has a name and it's Charles Oliveira. If I have to hear it that does. If I have to hear it one more time, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's not the champ because he didn't make weight, Jake. You have to make weight. You sign a contract for anything else. You are obligated to meet those things in your contract. If You, know, you go to work You know, you have your rules and regulations you got to follow, and you do it. And if you don't, you're looked frowned upon. How do you not make weight? It's so upsetting. However, the one thing I'll say is that I think the card ended up being better than it would have been.
0: So, for me, I think we're talking about apples and oranges here. Of course, both of these men missed weight if you're talking about Oliveira and Shemaev, but... Seven and a half pounds to a half a pound. Oliveira is way different. Oliveira was the champion in the main event, Jake. When you're the
2: champion and you're in the main event, you should weigh in under a pound. I wrestled 13 years, Jake. Never missed weight one time. And I cut. I cut 30 pounds many seasons. I never missed weight. Because in wrestling, if you miss weight, you don't get to wrestle. But they're happy that Dana White actually allows them to fight. If it was up to me and you miss weight by that much, you're off the card. You don't get paid. Or if you do fight, you get paid 20% because it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I understand that in a 7.5-pound miss, but for a half a pound, for the Charles Oliveira. He
2: was the champ, Jay. And he
0: still is the champ. No, he's not. Title or not, he is the uncrowned champ. How is champ.
2: he the champ? He doesn't have the belt.
0: He's the uncrowned champ. Uh, he is going on champ. a run. You just don't like Oliveira, man. Every single podcast we do with Oliver on it, you've had picked against him.
1: Oh, he's not the champ. I, he's not the champ.
0: Hey, we'll One see. One of soon. these days,
1: you'll be right. We'll if see. You keep picking against him.
0: We'll see you very soon. But like you said, you think the card got better. I agree with you, especially in the main event. But let's talk about some of the prelim fights. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to talk about the prelims because sometimes they're not all that great. Sometimes you have to just grasp at straws to pick some fights that you think were entertaining enough to talk about. But the first fight. On the prelims, can we just talk about Chris, Beastie Boy, Barnett for a little bit, Alex? I'd love to. What did you think about Beastie Boy's performance?
2: I tell you what, Jake, you know, in my Not Your Everyday MMA podcast on YouTube, go subscribe. I picked Jake Collier to win. Um, And it really hurt me because I love Chris Barnett. But man, Chris Barnett looked good. He was throwing with a lot of volume. Even in the first round where he lost, I, I think he lost anyway bad it was only because he got hit hard a couple times he still kept putting output out it just was very low but that comeback in the second round the way he got his back was i mean it was beautiful the way he got his back and it was such a it was an awesome just fight to open up the pre-arms
0: i mean that's a heavyweight fight where you just throw out technique throw it out the window they're yeah. just they're just brawling. They're scrapping. I tell, you what, in the, in his, the
2: I tell you what. For a heavyweight, his ground and bound flexibility was really good. The way he was able to hold his knee on his hip and still, like, flex his other leg out to, like, not fall over, you know? But well, he still was landing those punches. That was kind of impressive.
0: Well, Chris Barnett is a very unique heavyweight fighter. Sure is. He's very unique. He
2: also came in overweight. How do you come in as overweight a heavyweight. as a heavyweight? Yeah. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. But he does that flip to celebrate. And as a heavyweight, seeing a bowling ball of a man jump and flip like that. Pretty awesome. I mean, it is one of the best celebrations in the UFC. Yeah, he was dancing on his way outside of the cage. Pretty awesome. That post fight that post fight interview with Joe Rogan. I mean, Goosebumps, he had me pumped up for this card, a card that I have not been excited for. He pumped me up for this card, and he danced out He danced out of the cage, danced on his way to the locker room. I absolutely love what I saw from Barnett. But other than that, do you have anything else on the prelims you want to talk about?
2: Uh, you know, Jamie Pickett versus Dennis uh, Tatoolin. I picked Dennis Tatoolin to win. He was a pretty big underdog, and he did win, so I was pretty happy about that because I love when I get to pick an underdog right uh, it was a pretty good fight as well, but besides that, nothing was really notable.
0: Yeah, I I did take note of Jaitin Maladino Almeida. Hopefully I pronounced that one right. His stock shoots through the roof after his second rear naked choke win in as many fights in the UFC. Really impressed from him. But let's talk about the main card, and Matt, this is where you're going to get involved yes. with the pronunciations. The first fight of the main card. Who are they?
1: So this is going uh, bottom to up on the thing you sent me, right? Very, yes. Okay, yeah. I can pronounce Johnny Walker. Uh, This other guy. Uh, Country of origin, please. I think he's Moldovan. I don't know where that is. All right. Uh, Ion. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, last name. Kutlaba? I'm going to give you an X Mm -hmm. on that one. Okay. Ion Kutlaba.
1: I was close. You were close. I was close.
0: Yeah, overcomplicated it maybe just a little bit, but the fight did not, did not last long, Alex. This light heavyweight clash between the woulda, coulda, should as you phrased it on our podcast. I thought that was an excellent way of describing this fight, but you know, Qtelaba started the fight with some kicks and taking down Walker before Walker stood up, took Qtelaba down, got the hooks and won via rear naked chokes with 23 seconds left in the first round. What did you think of Walker's performance?
2: Yeah, I don't have much to say. Uh, I, to be honest, I was happy Johnny Walker won, but he still looked like the same Johnny Walker that I talked about in the podcast where he wasn't putting out a lot of volume. Uh, but I was happy to see him win, and I was happy to be wrong because I, I like Johnny Walker better than Talaba and I kind of just wanted to see him win. So I, that's one of the times I'm okay with being wrong.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. We both picked Cutilaba, and we were both wrong. And Walker got the submission win, his first win in two years in the UFC. So now let's go to the second fight on the main card. Ale- or Matt, who are we talking about?
1: All right, we got Irene Aldana.
0: That is correct. All right,
1: and Macy, is it Chasen?
0: I'm going to give you an X on that one as well. Macy Chasson.
1: Okay, well, I didn't know she was French. She's not, though. She's American. Chaison? That sounds French.
0: It, it does. I, I don't understand it. I should have done some research about it, I guess. But what? no, she. All right. she's American. But her America. name uh, is
1: uh,
0: Chaison. Chaison is the last name. And Chaison hit the mat pretty hard, didn't she, Alex?
2: Yeah, you know, she did. And she really didn't look bad coming out. Um, really, the whole fight, I didn't even think she
0: looked bad in the first round. But, yeah, she got dropped. She got dropped, but she got dropped from the first upkick KO to the body in UFC history.
2: Yeah.
0: Right to the liver, never seen anything quite like it. A liver so, shot? A liver shot. That but, sounds terrible. But she was it on her back. Terrible. Like, Aldana was on the ground on her back and kicked up at her opponent. Oh. And hit her in the liver. And oh, my And Shai crumbled.
2: Kind of like when you have, like, oh. a, like, a baby throwing, like, a temper tantrum and they're on the ground and they're kicking their legs yeah. at you.
0: The in the <laughs> liver? Imagine, yeah.
2: Oh, my, imagine that with grown women. Is she in the <laughs> hospital? Did nah, it, Like I, rupture the liver? She got she walked out. She walked off. How? Oh my god.
0: Sometimes the body just shuts down on you, and especially with the liver kick.
1: Yeah. Oh my
2: god. Got to love mixed
0: martial arts. Wow. All right, Matt, the next fight, perhaps the name that's the most complicated to pronounce. Take it away. Lee Jin-lang. Can I give you an X on that one? You're really close. It's Lee Li Jing, Li Jing Liang.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I see where I messed yeah. up. And then I, I can, can pronounce Daniel Rodriguez. Yes. Yes. You yes. got that one right.
0: Yeah, Alex, I'll kick it to you. A fight that was not expected to be on this card. Of course, the top three fights were all arranged differently after the weigh in show. And I think Jing Liang was the biggest victim of the weight miss of Shamaya because he had to fight. D. Rod, who weighed ten pounds heavier than him at the weigh-in, so what did you think of a split decision win that ended up going D. Rod's way?
2: Actually, I actually thought uh, Jingliang Lee won, and I wanted uh, Rodriguez to win. I, I, I mean, I picked Rodriguez to win, but I really like what you do. I felt bad for the guy. He bought his new suit. He was so happy to fight a co-main, and then he got moved down. And I honestly thought that he threw more significant strikes, and he just looked like the better fighter. And I, I, I give him all three rounds, so I, I don't think Daniel Rodriguez looked bad, but he kind of looked out of shape. He looked like he kind of had some cage rest to me, and uh, throughout the fight it definitely showed. But, hey, I'm not a UFC scorer, so.
0: Yeah, it, it's hard to see Jingliang Liang go out there, And put up a performance that potentially should have gotten the victory and then not get the victory. Especially, like you said, how excited he was buying that new suit for the press conference just for it to be canceled because of backstage shenanigans by the top fighters on this card. And then he goes out there, gets booed on his walkout, even though he's one of the main guys who is put in this position and allowing these three fights to happen. Because he had to fight a guy who was 10 pounds heavier than him mm-hmm. on the weigh-ins, like I said. So it, it's a tough break for Jing Liang. And like I said, he was supposed to be in that co-main event against a legend like Tony Fer- Ferguson. Instead, he fights Daniel Rodriguez and loses via split decision. Matt, back to you. Who's in the co-main?
1: All right. So I heard you say this guy's name earlier. And I'm like, I'm going to remember it so I get a point right.
0: Well, I've said his last name a couple times. Yeah, I
1: forgot it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what was that? Kamza? Himinev? I don't know. <laughs> give me funny. give me the X. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I did. Okay, all headphones aren't working, so I can't hear it. But Hamza Shemaev versus... I'm right there on all of these, man. Uh, Kevin Holland, I can say that one. Yeah,
0: you Kevin know? Holland, you did get that one right. And Alex, we are both Kevin Holland fans, but I kind of feel like I have to say I told you so a little bit because of the dominance of Shemaev.
2: Yeah, man, you know... I'm so hurt because Chimaev hurt his stock so bad, and it showed. I mean, it showed. I wish I could have been there last night. I really like Hamzat Chimaev. I bought a Hamzat Chimaev card this week. I bought two. I gifted one to you, Jay, because <laughs> I, I love this guy. I'm like, Hamzat's a cool guy. That's a bromance right there. And then, I mean, he wants to be the bad guy. He has painted himself to be the bad guy. Why does he want to be the bad guy? I don't know. Why not be the good guy? And he, I mean, he's literally all week, you know, giving the finger to the media and talking trash about every single person like Kevin Holland, who's been so nice to him. The whole reason that they have beef is because of Hamza to begin with. And like, and then even in his post-conference last night, just the way you talked about everybody, it's just... Turns me off so much, I, I I can't. The fight was extremely dominant, Jake. If you want to talk about that, he didn't get hit. He went straight for the Darce submission, which I thought was very cool. Um, would not want to be put in one. I mean, Kevin Holland stood no chance. But I mean, for Jemaya, man, I, I, he's, I don't know. It's what's the what's the phrase? You know, something about you either. I, the hero, live long enough to see yourself become the villain? Tom's dude. Like, bro is the villain. And I don't like it.
0: I mean, after the weight miss, I'm not surprised by the heel turn. I think he played it up well to where that's just going to be his UFC gimmick from now on. And he, he has the talents in the cage to show it. I mean, he's crazy. And I don't even like the talk of him being the the, a UFC prospect anymore He He's is not. much more than a yeah. prospect Even before this fight I'm saying this is the best man in the UFC Without a strap around his waist And he will have a strap around his waist Very very soon Whether that be at welterweight Or or, or whether that be at middleweight Hamzat Shemaev will be a future champion In the UFC No doubt about it Yeah, Matt, yeah, I agree Main event I have a feeling you're going to get both of these right.
1: Yeah, this is the uh, only two or both names don't sound like they're Key and peel East-West Bowl characters. <laughs> uh, Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson. Look at me using my go. American public school education.
0: There you go. Look Diaz, that. Ferguson, to legends, welterweight matchup. You know, Ferguson was doing work to Diaz's legs. Diaz was doing his antics in the fight. <laughs> and in the first wrestling exchange in the fourth round, Alex... Diaz jumps guillotine and submits Ferguson for potentially his last fight in the UFC. What did you think?
2: Man, I loved it, Jake. It was a beautiful fight. It was so... I mean, this is what you want to see. This is what you want to see. When you have two legends that are on their way out, let them fight each other. My favorite fighter of all time is Chuck Liddell. And Chuck Liddell, he was obviously on the end of his career... And he just kept fighting anyway. And he just wanted to keep fighting. And it was, like, sad. You look at Anderson Silva, arguably the GOAT. But he just kept fighting. And UFC didn't give him favorable matches. And obviously these guys are both out. Uh, a little different compared to, you know, a dominant Cruz situation. Um, and... Uh, jose Aldo situation where jose Aldo is still a top contender he wasn't necessarily on his way out but you look at this situation nate diaz last fight tony ferguson might be his last fight too and it was beautiful stylistically i mean it was a brawl it was a real barn burner and it was you know obviously entertaining too. see nate diaz literally just like putting his hands on his knees and taking a break giving the crowd a show and it's just how you would have wanted it to happen uh, and then the, my favorite part about the fight was the um, interview with Joe Rogan afterwards where, you know, we all, like, have this idea of what we think Nate Diaz is going to say, and then it's never what we think. And he showed a lot of love to UFC UFC fans, and I really respect it a lot, and it made me buy a Nate Diaz shirt. So I really
0: liked it. Yeah, I was surprised by some of the words he said after the fight, and he said it was a love-hate relationship with the UFC. I thought it was more hate than love. But in that post-fight press conference, he made it sound like a lot more love than hate with his relationship with the UFC. But talking about the fight itself, because I do want to talk about what he said and what the future looks like for one Nathan Diaz. Talking about the fight itself, though, there's a tweet that I thought was perfect in describing this fight. And I'm talking about a fight or a tweet from the Diamond Dustin Poirier. Oh, my. Because he said that the fight was the Bum Olympics, and that's exactly what I thought that main event was, and Alex, I agree with you in this, because I agree that the fight itself was entertaining between two legends on their way out. I agree that it was entertaining, and being there in the moment, seeing Tony Ferguson, the one who was actually um, bleeding in the fight, and not Nate Diaz, which I thought was very interesting, and the leg kicks, and there, there was a lot of A lot of attention in the fight, a lot of excitement from the crowd and the fans about it. But to me, the whole time, all I could think about was if you throw a guy who's maybe five years younger, a guy, any ranked guy in their welterweight division, this fight would have been over in the first round. That's all I could think about.
2: But Jake, it wasn't. You have to take the fights for what they are. So here's the thing, Jake. This is my point. You have to take fights for what they are. Usually, we don't talk about early prelims on our podcast. On my personal podcast, I don't talk about early prelims because they're so young prospects that they haven't earned anything that it's not going to be entertaining to watch them. These are two UFC legends. Tony Ferguson, two years ago, was arguably considered the best in his weight class in the UFC. He is going to go down in history... As one of the best in his weight class. Nate Diaz will always go down. As one of the best UFC fighters. In my opinion. The best UFC fighter. To never get a belt. So for what this fight was. Because already what it was. Is it was going to be Nate Diaz. Fighting Hamzat Chimaev, Where it was just going to be a bloodbath. And Hamzat was going to destroy him. Now we got something. Where it's actually. Two legends that are fighting each other. And you have to take it for what they, it is. Age-wise, honestly, Jake, even to, you know, that's the emotional side of me, trying to take a stance. This might be the unpopular opinion. I think Nate looked kind of good. I really genuinely think that Nate Diaz could probably beat some of the guys in the top 15. As for Tony Ferguson, he's just so sloppy. And that's my only thing with him. I think he has a lot of power. I think his striking is so diverse that he doesn't know what to do, so he just throws a bunch of stuff. And I don't know about Tony, but for Nate Diaz, man, like Nate Diaz said he wants to move on with his career and do other things, whether that's jiu-jitsu, boxing. I guarantee you he succeeds in what he does.
0: I think Diaz has the mindset and the work ethic to succeed in what he does, so I, I agree with you there. And I did take the fight for what it was, because I wasn't excited for the main f- or the main event when it was Diaz Shemayev. Because I knew it was gonna happen and it probably would have been worse than what we saw nah, Di- in Shemayov. Nah, Hamza would have shot and Diaz would have guillotine choked him. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. You don't think Shemayev has enough skills on the ground to get out of a guillotine? Gilbert Burns armbarred
2: him in the most simple way I've ever seen anybody be armbarred in my entire life. He won that fight. Hamza, I'm, I'm just saying, you asked the question, do I do I think he's technically sound enough to defend a submission against Nate Diaz who's arguably the no, I'll say it. Nate Diaz is the best guillotine artist in UFC. He has 7 guillotine submissions of his 10 UFC submissions which puts him in the top 5 most submissions of all time. I don't know if he could stop it. Hobbs, that's not even a jiu guy.
0: And who's the top of that list.
2: Charles Oliveira. Yeah. <laughs> great submission artist.
0: Yeah, it is Charles Oliveira. Of all time. So Going back to my point, though, I did take the fight for what it was because I appreciated that it was legend versus legend, a aspect of a fight that I enjoy. You know, I wanted that Aldo versus Cruz fight in the bantamweight division, legend versus legend. I enjoyed that. But just watching the fight, I enjoyed the excitement around it. I enjoyed seeing, okay, legend versus legend. But in terms of mixed martial arts talent for a main event on a UFC pay-per-view, that did not deliver for me. That was awesome. It did not deliver for me at all. What was the main event for the last pay-per-view? That was Edwards... Um, Usman. Usman. High-class mixed martial arts and a stunning finish that I loved. Seeing a Diaz and Ferguson on the latter part of their career fight in a main event on a UFC pay-per-view, sure, I got wrapped up in the moment because of the excitement of the fight, but the Bum Olympics, maybe, maybe it's a little too harsh, but... I think it describes it well because if you throw any younger welterweight in there, maybe even a prospect, throw a guy on the Contender Series in there, they You're might be insane. more competitive.
2: You're insane.
0: They might be more competitive. But let's talk about Diaz. Let's talk about his future because, as you said, he said a lot of things in that post, post-fight press conference, and it sounds like he's moving on from the UFC. It sounds like he wants to go master a different sport like other people, Conor McGregor, weren't, wasn't able to do. And it sounds like that sport is going to be boxing. And it sounds like his opponent is going to be Jake Paul.
2: Yeah, I I think he... Jake Paul, baby. I I mean, Jake Paul is obviously a really, really good boxer. And I don't have my pick against him and Anderson Silva. But honestly, I think Nate Diaz would be a better um, opponent than Jake Paul. Or for Jake Paul than Anderson Silva. Purely because of age. Uh, Nate Diaz does not look old. And he still. The thing about Nate Diaz, I was going to say this earlier, um, but I forgot, is you know you talk about it looking like two bums fighting. That's how Nate's always fought. When it comes to Nate Diaz striking, Nate Diaz isn't necessarily a crazy striker who is super technical, and he never has been. And there's not so to call it a bum, you know, technically wise, technically sound. I disagree because that's how Nate's always fought. So you have to, you know, you know, keep that continuity where you have to say, well, Nate fought like that his whole career, and I think in boxing, uh, I don't know. I'd like to see him fight Jake Paul, and I'd like to see him get paid.
0: I think his payday against Jake Paul might be more money than he's ever got in the UFC combined. Yep, in all of his fights. Yeah, and that's what makes me happy—a guy out of Stockton who. When he talks on the mic, sometimes I cringe when he talks last night. He was actually kind of well-spoken behind the mic during that post-fight interview. But to me, just seeing him get that payday against Jake Paul, that's what I care about first and foremost. His performance, we'll see. It's in boxing. It's not MMA. Jake Paul has proven himself in the boxing scene. And just the environment of seeing Jake Paul and Nate Diaz in a ring.
2: That would be so awesome.
0: It would be amazing. I completely agree with you. But what about the future of Tony Ferguson? What do you think about him?
2: You know, Jake, it's so hard, dude. I, I really have grown to love Tony Ferguson over the past week, and... He was so happy last night, which was really good to see. Even after he lost, he was so happy. And that made me happy, and I hope he just wants to step away. But he didn't really mention anything about retiring. Um, He obviously, you know, left with his gloves on. But Tony Ferguson's not there to compete anymore, and that's, that's the thing. So, like, you know, if you want to bring it all the way back to our debate between Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz, where... You know, I thought they were both still really good contenders. Obviously, there's a lot of things going into that that are outside points on your end. But just looking at it where this fight was good for Tony because it was a fight for him going out if he wanted to go out, you know? So if, like, if Cruz were to fight Jose now, they're both kind of out of contendership. So it would be a good fight for somebody to go out Um, because, yeah, Tony's done. He fights so sloppy. His shots... Are really bad like he shoots with his head down and he's a ufc fighter so i don't know what his future is but i hope he steps away
0: yeah i i couldn't agree more i really hope ferguson retires and i hope the ufc just doesn't even sign him or if he is on the contract still which i'm assuming he would be release him
2: Tell, tell you what, Jake, let Tony do something in UFC, man. Let him maybe k- commentate or interview or something. He knows a lot about the sport. He's a high-level wrestler that is mastered every form of striking. He's very knowledgeable, but he, he just can't compete anymore. And right? My
0: thing is, too, if he competes more, is he even going to be able to be a broadcaster? Yeah. I mean, the brain damage is already there. His yeah. wife has come out and said things about his brain damage. And I was just hoping after the fight that he would take his gloves off and just lay down in the middle of the octagon. Instead, he picked up Joe Rogan. And, yeah. It just yeah. picked him up and carried him around. Yeah. Instead, he picked up Joe Rogan and was happy in defeat. And
2: Which I, I think is fair because he, he fought a great fight.
0: I think it's fair, too. But to me, it's just – I think he gets up to the crowd and the environment. I think he craves that attention. He I, don't even, I wouldn't even be surprised if he craves getting hit. Like, he craves the sport of mixed martial arts. But as I said on the podcast, there's a time where the sport retires you. Mm. And Tony Ferguson, right now, I think he's two fights, you know, too far. I think he should have retired from the sport of MMA before that Michael Chandler fight. Instead, the sport is slowly and not well going to retire Tony Ferguson. And it's sad to see... And like I said, I hope the UFC takes some action themselves and does something to save Tony Ferguson from himself. And if Tony Ferguson goes to like a PFL or boxes and hurts himself that way, at least the UFC can say, hey, we didn't do it. We threw caution to the wind and released him. And we understood that, hey, this man is not doing what's best for his health. And we're not going to contribute to that. But Tony Ferguson, I wish him the best. But I think the best is him not fighting in an octagon anymore or really in any fight scene really for tony ferguson's future and in terms of our prediction show like i said throw it out the window because only two picks counted and we both went zero and two so a a great a great prediction show there uh you are 30 and 10 overall and i'm 26 and 14 overall any thoughts on our prediction show and anything else on ufc 279 before we go to break
2: yeah my biggest takeaway is you know Nate Diaz, hundred percent, is still that guy. He's he's a thug, gangster, Stockton boy. Up, you know. I gotta love it. And Hamza, dude, I you lost me, brother. I, I mean, you're I I can't deny your dominance, but
0: I am not a Hamza boy anymore. Yeah, Hamza, that weight miss definitely going to get some haters now a heel in the UFC. But I'm right there with you. Go, Nathan Diaz. Hopefully, he gets a big payday fighting jake paul in boxing in the near future but jake paul he's got to take care of business against anderson silva first so that's for sure we're gonna to head to break when we return we're going to talk about the mlb have our player of the week segment talk about some rule changes and of course get into our guardians who are in a three-team race in the al central right now also we'll answer your hot mic questions at the back end of the segments of course NFL kickoff is an hour away. We'll discuss that to end today's show as well. Don't go anywhere. This is Sports Power Talk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. I am your host. My name is Jake Murrin, and I am joined by Alex Henry. What's up, guys? And Matt Pramuka. Set your fantasy lineups, everybody. Set your fantasy lineups. Yeah, one hour to go. Definitely set those lineups. But for now, we have some MLB baseball to talk about. Yes! Baseball! I know you guys are pumped up for it. As so am excited. I. As am I. And we'll start with our Player of the Week segment Every single week, each of us picks one MLB player to feature for player of the week, regardless of position, and could be for accomplishments on or off the field. Alex, I'll go to you first. Player of the week.
2: Yeah, you know, we're switching it up. I always pick my boy, Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt, (laughs) as I like to say. But I'm switching it up. I still love you, Paul. But I'm going CJ Kron. Dude hit a 504. Home run the other night, and that's Jeez. that's pretty impressive. So he's my player of the week.
0: Yes, yeah, CJ Crone, five hundred and four foot homer against the Diamondbacks. It's a good pick there, Matt. Who's your player of the week? I,
1: I got good old Mikey Trout of the LA Angels. Hit four seventeen last week six, and six home runs. Angels are even four uh, four and three the last week. So he's trying to he's trying to correct them.
0: Mike Trout, the pick for Matt Pramuka and Matt. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, hey, remember when you made fun of me back in the summer for having bad baseball takes, and then I just started, like, we started thinking the same?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of an indictment on you I now. Think, I, think it, I think it started because we both picked Tristan McKenzie to be yeah. the MVP for the second half of the Guardian yeah, season. Like, and
1: uh, ironically, before that show, you were, like, roasting me, like, vigorously. And, yeah, and then look, look at us now. Who would have thought? Yeah. Not
0: me. I feel like in a half an hour, it's just not going to be the same, though, Matt. It's going to be a war. I hope you know that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I yes. I understand that. And Alex, you're going to be here enjoying it as well. I'll be in it. Yeah. 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 But Mike Trout is my player of the week for the MLB as well. This season, he's batting two eighty, But the past seven games, you mentioned it, Matt. But what you did mention is that he has hit a home run in six straight games this week, setting a franchise record. So Mike Trout I had is to, heating up for the Angels. I
1: had to leave something for you. I didn't want to yeah. steal your thunder.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I appreciate that. And unfortunately, the Guardians will be at home against the Angels for a three game series starting tomorrow. So hopefully Mike Trout ends that streak today and then goes cold for the next three games. But before we get to our Cleveland Guardians, there's some rule changes that we have to discuss in the MLB as the MLB's competition committee has voted to implement a pitch clock and ban defensive shifts in 2023. The vote among the committee members was not unanimous and players voted against the pitch clock and shift restrictions. Guys, what do you think about these two rule changes by the MLB?
1: I think the pitch clock is a little bit gimmicky. I understand trying to speed up you know, the game a little bit, but I mean, like even look at Shane Bieber. I mean, you know, he start he tried to pitch uh, with you know less time in between, and it it took a lot out of him. He didn't look like himself until he learned how to do that. I think there's going to be a big learning curve uh, the season it's implemented. Uh, as far as the shift goes, I'm I, I'm mixed on it. You know, I I know people love to complain about that. I mean, I could take it or leave it. Okay, Alex, I love the pitch clock
2: because I don't like watching baseball because it's so slow. Like, the fact that, like, three-hour games exist in sports is just like... You're aware this Browns game is going to be, like, three and a half hours. Yeah, but that's different because commercials.
0: Okay. Well, commercials exist in baseball, too, (laughs) Alex. Yeah,
2: it's true, but they also don't... Football doesn't have, like, 40-minute innings.
0: 40-minute innings. Well, we have 40-minute quarters. Anyway, guys... (laughs)
2: Well, what I will say is this: that you know, footballs depend on you know the game. Obviously, is more of a fast-paced game generally than baseball. So, their goal in this rule change is to try to make the game faster. And I can appreciate that. Any thoughts on the
0: shift? I don't know what that means.
1: (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) Alex! Even I know when the shift
0: is. Oh no, that. Oh, Alex! Alex. The defensive shift is where the four infielders will move around based on who the batter is. So statistically, if the batter is a pole hitter, and they'll just move the infield to that side of the infield. So they'll have three fielders on the right side Out. and one on the left side. For oh, the yeah, second.
1: okay. Uh, yeah, if he hits the ball one way, they put all their guys that way.
0: Yeah, if, if, it's if not guy, that hard.
1: If another guy hits the ball the other way, they put all their guys that way.
0: Yeah, and they can also step back and, like, into the outfield a lot, too. It's just all... It's all pretty much analytics and yeah. statistics Heck and stuff yeah. like that. yeah, I like it. Numbers. But they're getting they're getting rid of it. Oh, that's silly of that because <laughs> I like that. I, they should be able to do that. Why not? Yeah. So myself, I am very torn on the removal of the shift because I agree that the analytical reasons of the shift make sense and has a place in baseball, but I do think it will be certainly interesting to see the game played without it. And talking about the pitch clock, I'm a big fan of it and I agree I agree with Alex about speeding up the game, but I disagree with Matt in saying that it's a bit gimmicky because in average minor league games where they used a pitch clock, the games were reduced by 26 minutes with that pitch clock last season. So I'm very very excited to see MLB baseball use a pitch clock and reduce games by 26 minutes. It's not even like we're saving five minutes here and there using a pitch clock. 26 minutes is a substantial change. Not only are they changing that, but there was also a vote to, for larger bases. That was unanimous among both the players and the committee. Larger bases should lead to potentially more stolen bases, but it's more about player safety overall. Alex, do you know what bases are? Yep. Yeah. You know <laughs> what the bases are? Yep. How many of them are there? Four. Okay. Good job. Okay, good job. Yeah. We're, we're proud of you, Alex. We're proud. Yeah. So, thanks, guys. Let's talk about the Guardians before I get to your hot mic questions on our Twitter page at Sports. And in a series against Minnesota, it is a series where the Guardians have wanted to lose, but we are still coming out on top. What I mean by that is on Friday, we were winning 7-0, to and then we won 7-6. to and then last night we were winning six to zero and we ended up winning six to four after giving up four earned runs in the ninth inning. But let's stick with the seven to six win on Friday. Do you guys have anything for me on that win from the Guardians?
1: Yeah, I hate the Apple T V broadcasts, uh, but what an offensive start that was. Didn't uh, Jimenez hit that home run in the top of the first? Mere up uh, 4-0 right off the rip. That was...
0: It was Oscar Gonzalez. Oh, Gonzalez.
1: All right, my bad, my bad. No, Jimenez made the play last night. My bad. That's for... But, yeah, no, that was a really fun game to watch uh, outside of the broadcast. Uh, you know, it was exciting to see. You know, they're called the Guardiac kids for a reason, and, like, in Cleveland sports fashion, they have to make you think that they're somehow going to blow that. And they did that. Uh, But, you know, Friday's game was fun, and then do you want to go to Alex first, or I can talk about the Saturday game, too?
0: I'll talk about Friday for a little bit, because Oscar Gonzalez not only started off strong with that home run getting us on the board, but overall in that game, he went four for five with two home runs and five RBIs. You love to see that from a rookie. And then Cal Quantrill he gave up a lot of hits he gave up nine hits in five innings pitch but only gave up one earned run while doing so and like like we were saying you know we let minnesota back in the game after giving up two earned runs in the fifth sixth and eighth innings but they did not do enough to win the game so the guardians win on friday and then on saturday last night six to four win tristan mckenzie had over a seven era against the twins in his career but pitched seven shutout innings last night. Matt, what do you think about last night?
1: Last night was fun. Brian Shaw should not be allowed on the diamond again. Uh, that that's my takeaway. You you have McKenzie giving you seven and you're up seven nothing, and then Brian Shaw comes in and all you know what goes it hits the fan. It was it was bad.
0: Yeah, unfortunately we have to pull Emmanuel Classe out of the bullpen where
1: Yeah, he's he's human apparently. You know, who would have thought?
0: Yeah, he would have thought he is human, and unfortunately we have to use him for a game that we really shouldn't have had to use him for, so we'll see if Class A is available for today, but Rosario was the one who got it started with a two-run homer in the first, and Chris Archer for the Twins left after pitching two innings with an injury, and reliever Cole Sands, we have Cole Sands to thank for last night's win, because this man gave up four walks and hit two batters and pitched 39 pitches in one inning.
1: Oh, my gosh. In
0: the third inning, oh. <laughs> this allowed Cleveland to score two runs and really pile it on. Of course, we scored six runs total and won 6-4. to four. Either of you have anything more for me on the Minnesota twin series thus far?
1: I do have one more thing. I need to uh, apologize to my Aunt Becky because earlier uh, I saw her last weekend and she was uh, making fun of me for making fun of Austin Hedges. And Austin Hedges has sort of uh, righted the ship a little bit and he hit a home run this series. So when I saw that notification, I'm like, all right, Aunt Becky, you were right. So that's all I got.
0: Yeah, Austin Hedges not playing too bad right now but today's game it will be Shane Bieber taking the mound and it'll be Josh Winder for the Minnesota Twins first pitch is at 210 Bieber's last outing only gave up one earned run and walked one batter while striking out seven in eight innings pitched and for Winder his last outing gave up five earned runs in as many innings pitched guys who wins today's game
1: uh the Guardians of course. Because we're winning out the rest of the season, we're winning the World Series. It all starts today. We're winning every game. We're winning every game. Alex, yeah. what do you think about that?
2: You know, I could see us losing one, maybe two games. Psych! We're winning but- all the games. We yeah, going all the way to the. We know bowl. baseball.
0: You guys are ridiculous.
2: We're bringing back the
1: Stanley Cup. Jake, we're in Browns. Game, Stanley Cup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Alex. The Guardians are going to raise up the Stanley Cup. We are
1: going to take the Stanley Cup this year,
0: <laughs> high and proudly, and, <laughs> and
1: the Lombardi Trophy. Too. <laughs> we're going to win the pennant, which is you know the Lombardi Trophy. I
0: think the World Series trophy is actually one of the coolest ones out there. No, it it's, does it's look cool. really cool. Yeah.
1: Then they got like all like if only we on it. if only we had one of those Sorry, well, outside of the one from the 1940s. But what were you saying, Alex? Like then they got like jewels
0: on it, like cool. diamonds. Yeah, I'm sure it does, but it's the flags around. Have you not
1: seen a World Series trophy? No, yeah, I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're
0: kidding. I don't think he's kidding either. Today, though, I also have the Guardians winning. You know, Bieber has been dialed in lately, and I expect our ace to step up in a big way against the Twins, which will have a huge impact on the AL Central standings this upcoming week for the Guardians. 3 games against the Angels, 1 game, a makeup game against the Chicago White Sox, we're only a game and a half back from us in the AL Central, and then next weekend we also host Minnesota again for 5 games with a day-night doubleheader thrown in there as well. What do you guys think of this upcoming week for the Guards?
1: You've got winnable games go above 500. Chicago's tr- Chicago and Minnesota are both in this race too. You got winnable games. Capitalize.
0: Yeah, I don't know how, if they're winnable. Not. I mean, all three teams are capable of winning series. So we'll see what happens with those three series. Um, Alex, what do you think about this upcoming week?
2: You know, any game's a winnable game, Jake. If you really think about it, you know, at the end of the day, if you just believe, well, that's how send sports out works.
0: Yes. An offense, they're going to send out a
2: defense. Whoever scores the more points uh, is going to win. And I think the Guardians can score more points than the other team. That was
0: Sometime that was riveting. This, this week. That
1: was riveting analysis, there, Alex. So
0: yeah. they're also called runs, but yeah, good try. It's okay.
1: Like hey, Aaron Boone called. Aaron, no, <laughs> Aaron Boone called him points too. It's okay.
0: That bothers me so if much. The Yankees, That's like a pet peeve of Yankees mine. If
1: the Yankees manager can say points, so can Alex.
0: That's such a pet peeve of mine. Like, yeah, we, the Guardians scored six points last night. Six Dad, no. runs, six runs. They're yeah, runs in baseball. They ran Come around on. the bases. Yeah, exactly. We, The Guardians are 0-4 against the Angels this season, 9-6 and against the White Sox, and 8-5 and against the Twins. It's a tough week. It's a tough stretch to end this season. Of course, we have that six-game series, a very odd six-game series, to end the season against the Royals. So at least we have that little cr- crutch at the end of the season in case we need it. But right now... We have to compete with with Chicago and with Minnesota. Hopefully, we take that one game against Chicago because they're only a game and a half behind us. Minnesota right now, three and a half games behind us as we play them today and next weekend as well. That'll do it for baseball. Let's get right in to your hot mic questions. And, of course, the first man with the question is Jake Mernigoat. Jake Mernigoat asks, Would DJ Khaled's music be good if it wasn't for his producer tags? I don't really have an opinion on this. Alex, maybe you will.
2: Yeah, I got you. You know, Jake Goat, what's up, buddy? I'm going to tell you right now, I think all music would be better if DJ Khaled's voice was on it. I think (laughs) that every
1: single song should have, we the best. God, dude. It's like a really sad breakup song. Right before the- we the best music.
2: Yeah, so I, I actually, I love DJ Collin when he talks on songs. Another one, you know. I just think uh, they should put another one on every song.
0: I was expecting the opposite, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you have any take on DJ Collin?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I, I don't really think he's been good since the Obama years. So, <laughs> uh, that's all I got.
0: Yeah, I don't really have anything on DJ Collin myself. Jacob Murnigoat also asks, "What's worse, Heat Culture or Steeler Nation?"
1: Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> heat Culture is
2: worse because at, at least Steeler Nation's a thing, and Heat Culture is
0: just a made-up yep. thing. One, see, I'm the one opposite.
1: Is, one is real. One is a uh, one's a concept.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I think the real thing is worse because the other thing just doesn't even exist.
2: Mm-hmm, fair enough. Yeah,
0: Steeler Nation is by far worse. Heat Culture. Logan keep on saying it. It means nothing. And when he says it and tries to shoot anything in a trash can, he always misses, as does the Miami Heat when they shoot basketballs into a net. Ooh, Next. Only in the playoffs. I mean, so will the Cavs. Could so, you imagine no, a Cavs? I,
1: no, I, said, I said the Heat only go cold in the playoffs. Oh. Because they make, they make oh, I the thought, playoffs. I thought you yeah. said they're going to No,
0: no, no, no. Can you imagine a Heat-Cavs series?
1: I can only imagine. I, I can't tro- imagine. I can only imagine, imagine the amount of trolling we would per- we would come up with. I would actually be really excited for that.
0: Things would get very tense. Can we manifest Maybe. this, please? It's hey, let's do it. Why not? All let's right. manifest it right now. Heat, Cavs in the NBA playoffs, seven game series. Logan Congrove versus the world. I would love to see it. Next, Kelly Craig has a question. She asks, "How many sacks will Miles Garrett have?" Let's answer that for today and really just for the season in general.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, realistically, I see him getting a lot of sacks. He's lining up against a rookie on the worst offensive line, arguably the worst offensive line in the league, and he's got something to play for. So I I give him three sacks today, Wow! and I want more than three, but I give him three, and
1: on the season, I'm going to give him 20. I'm going to say one and a half today. I think uh, they're going to try to help Aquanu all they can today in Carolina because, I mean, that's going to be baptism by fire. So uh, that poor man, I'm sorry. But, yeah, no, today I think he's going to get doubled a lot. I think he makes a play here and there. Uh, On the season, I'll say 18 and a half.
0: Okay, fair numbers there for Matt. I'll say he gets two sacks today and 20 on the season. I'm right there with you, Alex. Next, Aaliyah asks Guardians playoff predictions, assuming they make the playoffs. What do you guys think?
1: We're getting that no, we're not getting that ring. Um we'll probably be a first round exit. I mean, it'll be fun. I think the city will be buzzing for those uh two playoff games we host, but yeah. I, I don't agree. really don't really have it. As long as if we can just get there and just be ahead of schedule on this rebuild, that'd be fine with me.
0: Yeah, first round exit. I think our ceiling is getting to the second round and being competitive while still losing. But like you guys said, I guess our floor is not even making the playoffs. Yeah, um, (laughs) there's a
1: wide range. Yeah,
0: for sure. But if we make the playoffs, I think that's our ceiling. But I could very well see a first-round exit, like you guys said, as well. Next, Jeff Longville, WCIP alum here, says, Who is your least favorite NFL team that plays outside the division that your favorite team plays in?
1: That's tough, you know. I really don't have many like, like you know, grudges against cities. Um, I think I know where you're going here, Alex, and I think I'll go there with you if you do it.
2: I I don't know. I got no oh.
1: ideas. Oh, I, th- well, I mean, I think we're kind of looking at a potential.
2: You know, Carolina is one of them that yeah. I could go. I could get behind, actually. Yeah. I don't know. Something about those colors I don't like. Down, with, really Caroli- really.
1: Down with Carolina. Down with joking.
0: Come on now. You couldn't think of anything better, so you're just going to troll me because I'm wearing those colors well, right now? Well, they're
1: playing the Browns, so I'm, I don't like them.
0: I think it's more so historically, like, who's your least favorite team Histori- in the NFL outside of the AFC North? Yeah, Carolina, probably. Oh, oh, what man, have they done to you? What have they
2: I don't like Christian McCaffrey.
0: Why don't you like <laughs> his- Christian McCaffrey? It's because his face. His face? He has, a, he has a very punchable face. Wow. Real mature know. there, Alex. Real <laughs> mature.
1: I don't know if I can say that on the air, but yeah.
0: I'll give an actual reasonable answer. And I, say,
2: I, I mean, I was going to say Chiefs, but I only don't like the Chiefs because they're rivals with the Raiders, so that would still kind of not be a good answer to the
1: question. Yeah, you've got a quarter of the NFL for your reasoning. I just I just can't think of one of the 20 so, others. I
2: mean, I really don't like the Ravens. I really don't like the Steelers, and I kind of don't like the Chiefs. So those are all teams I can't really say.
0: But besides that, I really don't dislike any team. I'm going with the Patriots because they were great for so long. Wow. So I respect it, but at the same time, you know, Tom Brady. I like Bo Balachuk. No. Of course Baby. you do. Of course yeah. you do. No, I, I don't I mean, I think all of us were kind of kind of like how we root against Alabama at times. I don't. We root, well, I know, because you're weird <laughs> with college football. You don't even like college football playoff. No, I don't. Your opinion means nothing to me in college I football. I also kind of like Alabama. Mm. I like watching dominance. Well, <gasps> I don't know. It's a losing battle.
2: Like when know? a team could continue to just be competitive every year, that is impressive to me, and I enjoy it.
0: It's impressive, but it's also annoying. And seeing Tom Brady dominate for so many years, while I appreciate his greatness and he is the GOAT of the NFL, I was kind of sick of it. So I'll say the Patriots, well, and I wish them the worst. Okay. Wow. Well. All right. Next, Jake Mernigo back here. He says, what game do you think will be the game of the week for the NFL?
1: Ooh. Might have already happened. Yeah, the, uh, I got to say Packers-Vikings at uh, the 430 game. Oh. I'll say that one, because that's the nationally televised game. I think that's going to be a competitive game. I'm also going to throw a weird one in. I'm going to say Philly and Detroit, because I think there's a lot of intrigue with both of these teams, with Jalen Hurts, and then, you know, Detroit was on hard Mm knocks. So, I mean, you know, they're fresh on everyone's mind. So, I'll say, I'll kind of cop out and say
0: two of those games. I'm going Raiders, Chargers. I agree, Jake. That's
2: where I was heading. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. And it's kind of important for both teams to see how they uh, play in this first Dude, game, too. The
1: AFC West is just a nuclear arms race. Yep. And all of the teams are America. And the Raiders are taking it.
0: Oh. Okay. We'll get to the pickums here in a little bit. Um, yes, but let's finish Jake Myrna Goat's questions here. Okay. He asks Worst candy, best candy?
1: Ooh. I'm going to say best candy. Uh, Reese's Pieces I love some good Reese's Pieces That's a good take
0: I like Skittles it's, Oh Skittles are or, uh, Not great Unless you're like Four years old
1: You have the pa- You don't eat steak You can't me- You Worst can't lunch, judge Skittles. You He's can't You old. can't judge Anyone's <laughs> palate
0: Best candy for me Banana Laffy Taffy Worst candy for me Reese's anything Reese's it's disgusting
1: oh boy all right worst candy for me is a milk dud I've never once said I want a milk dud and enjoyed it I'm not not crazy about the whoppers you know the little chocolate balls I I don't those are always the worst to get on Halloween when you're a kid like you come home from trick or treat and you dump all your candy on the floor and it's like
0: eight things of whoppers yeah guys have any neighbors give out stuff that's not candy
1: Yes, actually. My next door neighbors, uh they are they have a very uh very healthy diet, so Halloween I never really went to their house as a kid.
0: My next door neighbors gave us pennies. Oh. Fun time. A very, very fun time. Wonderful. All right. Cam, you're back. He wasn't here last week, but he is back. Yes, let me start by saying football yes of course football is back. Anywho, First question, thoughts on the college football playoff expanding. We've already touched on it a little bit, so we'll move on from that one. Um, The second question is Cavs seeding predictions.
1: I say we take the five seed. I think the East is just absolutely insane still. So, I mean, just get in the playoffs, get a competitive first round.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the Celtics move back, give us the third or fourth seed. I'm really, really optimistic for the Cavs this year. You also asked, why are the Guardians the opposite of clutch? I think Brian
1: Shaw's the opposite of clutch. I honestly just, I think the team is fine in itself.
0: I got no answer. No answer on why the Guardians aren't clutch. Uh,
2: They they don't perform well when the heat is on.
1: Brian Shaw doesn't perform well when the heat is on. That
0: would make him not clutch. Yes. I think the Guardians just go through waves sometimes in their seasons where they have such good play and they look like they could be a top team in the AL and then they have such terrible play. And right now we're kind of in the middle of that with, you know, we're scoring these runs, but we're scoring these runs, not really ourselves doing it. I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. the win on Friday would say otherwise, but at least the win last night, it was more so the bad Minnesota Twins pitching. Than the good Guardians yeah, offense for
1: we're, me, we're like an average team, but not because it's like win loss win loss win loss. It's because you win seven out of ten, and then you lose two out of you know you you win two of ten the next week. Like very
0: streaky with this team. Yeah, absolutely agree. And sometimes the clutch avoids us. Sometimes it finds us. Andre Cimenez is one of the best clutch batters in the entire MLB. So. It just depends on what time the Guardians are playing and how they're playing in terms of the season. Cam's next question top five Super Bowl fifty seven favorites.
1: That's this year, correct? I would assume so. Okay. Um you know, Buffalo's up there. I mean, we just saw what they did on Thursday. Um uh Thomas Elijah Brady is still in Tampa Bay, so that's up there. Man, I'm 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 blanking oh, LA Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs. That whole division. I'm, I'm not sold really on the Broncos and Raiders come playoff time. And then I need one more team to pick. I need one more team to pick. Who do I pick?
0: Throw the Rams in there?
1: No. Any no. NFC team? San Francisco 49ers. That's my fifth team. There
0: you go. Oh, man. That's a hot take right there.
1: I've said it my whole life. I don't think
2: I'll ever not say it. As long as Tom Brady still has a pulse and he puts on a football helmet on Sundays, I won't bet against him. So I literally say every year that I think that whatever team he is on will win the Super Bowl,
0: and that's never a bad pick. Yeah, never a bad pick indeed. I'll go Bills, Buccaneers, Chargers, Raiders, Rams, because so why not? Uh, next question, oh, top great. five college football teams at the moment. Oof.
1: Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State.
0: Those are three locks.
1: Those are three locks. I'm think. Can I think of two other college football teams right now?
0: I'd say maybe that team up north gets thrown in there. Eh. Uh, ah. Uh, I would throw that team up north in the in the top all five. All right, five. Unfortunately,
1: we'll, we'll put the we'll put the little Wolverine Cubs up there. Anything on that, Alex? I got nothing. We need all one right. more team. Just pick an SEC team. Pick an SEC team.
0: Well, the SEC teams haven't been looking too good. All right. the, oh, the man! Other than Alabama and Georgia, the top
1: two teams. Man, I really should have prepped for these, but that's why it's hot, Mike. That is why it is hot, Mike. Yeah. All right, that'd be kind of productive. Never mind. Well, I'll just be confused.
0: Another question by Cam: <laughs> Thoughts on EA Madden? I think a live Texas or Texans game would be more fun. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. What was the question? Thoughts on EA Madden. Okay. I think a live Texans game would be more fun.
1: So he's asking for my thoughts on the new Madden.
0: On the new video game.
1: I have, I have bought two Maddens since Madden 17. I bought 17 and I bought 21. All those games are awful. I don't waste your money on Madden. And as far as a Texans game, why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to go to a Texans game. I mean,
0: of I course lo- you
2: would. I would
1: love to go to the... Because why not? I, I've never been to Texas. I'd love to go to the December 4th game when they play the Browns, but that's just because they play the Browns. Yeah, I don't know. Make it make it a little trip out of it. I don't play video games.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a fan of sports games, but for Madden, it's hit or miss, really. I'll get it if it's free on Game Pass, but other than that, I'm not going to waste my money on I
1: just I just hope EA does not mess up the new NCAA. If that happens, we riot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cam, thank you for your questions. I know we have some other ones. We'll get to that in a moment as well. But Mike Popovich has a question for you, Alex. If LeBron comes back to play for the Cavs one last time, will at Alex henry 71s reaction go viral and break Twitter? It may be tough to top his reaction on the day of the Donovan Mitchell trade.
2: I tell you what, if LeBron comes to Cleveland, I'm going to have to you know, try to not get locked up because I'm not sure what I'll do. Uh, but it, yes, Mike, it, my reaction will be peak, peak. It'll make the news uh, headlines. Wanted posters, probably. Hey, look, I I, bro- uh,
0: I broke the Mitchell news
1: to the group chat. You did. Yeah, we appreciate I broke, you for that. I bro- we went
0: on air ten seconds after you said that and broke the news to everybody. Yeah,
1: I was sitting in a uh, constitutional law online, and my phone starts blowing up with one of my fantasy group chats, and they're like, and you know, they just all spamming Donovan Mitchell, and I'm like, I open Twitter, and I'm like, okay, I gotta let the boys know.
0: Alright, some last questions here from department members here at WZIP. Dan Groen says, would you rather fight off a polar bear or a hippo? Because why not? A polar bear, dude. Hippos are vicious. Yeah, I'll take a polar
1: bear because, you know, the climate will
0: probably kill it before it kills me. Sure, that's a good reason. I'll go polar bear as well. Logan Buchanan asks, which state has the best sports teams?
1: Ohio, duh.
0: I love the Homerism right there. Yes. Yes, Ohio. Yeah, I'll go with Ohio, too, because why not? And last but not least, Cam, again, hitting us with some more questions here. What a weekend for college football, he says. With three top 10 teams falling to an independent and two group of five conference teams, both of which were unranked, is parity getting better in college, or is the top 25 committee overrating Power 5 schools? Power 5 being overrated. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that as well. Last part, he says, also fight a bear-sized bee or a bee-sized bear? Bee-sized bear? Yeah, I'd rather fight a bee-sized bear.
1: The thing can't even, like, nip (laughs) nip you or anything.
0: Like, what? Say a bear-sized bee, right? A bear sized bee. A bear the size of a small bee? Yeah, I'd rather fight that. Yeah. I'd, Even I'd if it fight was like a, the well.
1: largest bumblebee, it still wouldn't be the size.
0: I could still whack it with a baseball bat and then run away and be fine. wait, or, or just a,
1: step on it because yeah. it can't sting you because it's a bear.
0: Yeah. It would just bite you or scratch you it's and then be is like, it's too a cat. small.
1: Like It'd be like if yeah. you just like stepped on a nail or something. Yeah,
0: I think that's pretty. I might keep
1: one as a pet. A
0: of course you bear. would. Didn't, don't you want a pet raccoon? Or no, that's that's Pat. No,
1: nah, I had a pet. I had a pet skunk. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh boy.
0: Oh, Alexander, you will never surprise me with anything that comes out of your mouth. That's for sure. But it is time for us to go to break. When we return, NFL kickoff is 30 minutes away. We have pickums. We have breakdowns of the Panthers and Browns game. You won't want to miss that. Right here on WZIP. again, everyone, and welcome back to Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be, and I am joined Hi, Alex Henry. What's up, guys? And Matt Pramuka. I'm about to have a heart attack, baby. Let's go Browns! I'm Jake Warren. Let's go Browns! Yes, even though I'm wearing a Panthers jersey, I know you don't count. It's, nope. It's, you,
1: no. Your opinion does not matter. Nope. 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 No. It's, it's a little ee- weird. Ee-
0: it's a little weird. Alex is over here wearing some dog ears. You're wearing <laughs> a Miles Garrett a Miles jersey, Garrett a, a guy <laughs> that on the team that I like. Yeah. And yeah, that must yeah, yeah. mean that must <laughs> that must mean one thing. It means that it is Week One of the NFL, and we are all ready for it. We are all here, and we are all standing in yeah. the studio. We're right bringing now. the energy.
1: Mm-hmm. We're bringing the energy.
0: We are standing. I was doing we are jumping moving. jacks. You were doing jumping jacks during break. That is very do true. We just,
1: do we just start barking whenever he talks about <laughs> Baker? Just like dog, pound bark at him.
0: Yeah. You guys, yeah, right. realize I control your mics. So if you do that, I can just turn you down, and I can just go
1: behind the desk and bark <laughs> into your mic. And then I'm there stan- won't,
0: and then there won't be a show because I'll turn that the mic
1: people, down. The people are going to wait, listen and you mean to on <laughs> quite be- literally, they'll just hear like glass breaking <laughs> or something.
0: All right, guys. So while the NFL season kicks off today, it actually kicked off on Thursday Night Football as the Bills defeated the reigning Super Bowl champion Rams. 31 to 10 while we don't have to break the entire game down i do have some questions for you guys and one is josh allen because this man showed out on thursday night a lot of people up here and a lot of people nationally really think he is going to be the mvp this season do you guys think he made a strong case for mlb for nfl mvp excuse me uh to start the week i mean he played like zeus yeah he played like it was fun to
1: watch him like like progressively get better because you know his rookie year was you know know, like we all know like the josh allen like sudden rise to being elite now i'm like fearful to play the bills i'm no longer having fun watching josh allen i'm freaking out i'm like if we want to go to a super bowl we have to stop that and i don't think anybody can
0: yeah 26 for 31 297 yards three touchdowns and two picks in the game also led the bills in rushing yards with 56 and a touchdown to go along with it alex what do you think of josh allen
2: i mean jake with a 112 qbr rating versus super bowl winning defense with arguably some of the best defensive players at their position it's mvp worthy to me so it's very very impressive
0: yeah I agree and my next question for you guys before we move on do the Rams look like they could repeat this year because it didn't look like it on Thursday night but what about in terms of the season in general
1: oh I could see them with a losing record I mean you lost Von Miller Bobby Wagner is old Matt Stafford's elbow is it it's got issues uh you know outside of Cooper Cup you have a lot of questions surrounding the wide receiver position uh and the running back position too I I mean you know the whole Cam Akers Daryl Henderson fantasy thing um yeah, I, I, there's a lot of question marks with LA. I think they sold out for that ring, and this is the result.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's really it's always hard to tell early. Obviously, um, you know, because it's just been one game, right? But you know, bringing up what Matt said, they lost a lot of value. They're it was almost kind of luck that they got. I don't want to say luck, but luck that they got there last year to even begin with. Uh, so I don't see them going far.
0: Yeah, they have that questionable running back room, like you mentioned, Matt, with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Stafford threw three picks in the game. Troy Hill had an interception, but the defense did not look good. When Jalen Ramsey was targeted, he gave up a perfect passer rating in that game.
1: Yeah, that was that was something. Remember when he called Josh Allen trash? Josh Allen's rookie year? Yeah, and yeah, then
0: was... uh, Thursday Night Football happened, and that was indeed not the case. NFL mm-hmm. script writers are amazing. mm that they are. That they are. It's time for Around the Roo, though, where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at Sports. This time we're debating while standing up with high mics, no chairs, and the question this week that we want to hear your opinion about is among the top four betting favorites, who's your pick to win the Super Bowl? So the top four betting favorites are the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, and the Packers. Of those four teams, which one of those would you pick to win the Super Bowl.
1: Buffalo. Kansas City, that division is too stacked, and they might be you know completely obliterated by the time the playoffs roll around. Green Bay has a lot of questions in the wide receiver room. And then who was the other? Tampa Bay?
0: Yes, it was Bills, T- yeah, T- Buccaneers, Chiefs, Packers.
1: Tampa Bay has lost three of their starting offensive linemen since uh, from last season. I think it's going to be a bit of a rough start for them. Uh yeah, I
2: said it earlier. I'll say it again. I'm going Tampa Bay. They got Uncle Lenny. And they have Tom Brady, and I won't bet against Tom Brady. Uh, That's what I'm saying right now. Uh, As the season progresses and I see how these Buccaneers play, out of these four teams, I would probably lean uh, Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I apologize, Dan, but I don't really see why the Packers are on this list. Sure, they have Aaron Rodgers, but who's he really going to throw to? Uh, I don't think the Packers are going to be.
1: Chiefs, Chargers. Any yeah, I saw, I saw those betting Bengals? favorites. Bengals? I, I saw the betting favorites. I'm like, people really think, like, these four? Yeah. People are putting their money on this?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Bills, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Packers. I'm going to go with the Bills as well for pretty much the same reasons you said, Matt. I just think they are just amazing everywhere. They have firepower on the offense with the soon-to-be-named NFL MVP in Josh Allen. Their defense improved as well. I really like... we saw from the Bills on Thursday Night Football and unfortunately as a fan of an AFC team we're not really going to like what the Bills are going to do this season but I think they are going to go pretty pretty far this year. Speaking of the AFC though let's go to our AFC North teams and let's start with the Baltimore Ravens as Lamar Jackson's contract situation has gotten resolved right now at least in this offseason he turned down a reported 250 million dollar offer from the ravens will make 23 million dollars this season and it is next season that will be really interesting for one lamar jackson what do you guys think of lamar former mvp betting on himself in this case
1: Uh, Look, say what you will about the Deshaun Watson contract, and there's a lot to say about it, but you can't tell me that that single-handedly did not ruin Lamar Jackson's relationship with Baltimore. If there was one good to come out from that, it might be that Lamar Jackson leaves the AFC North.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough.
1: Yeah, Lamar Jackson
2: knows his value. There are so many teams in the NFL that would want a quarterback that plays like lamar jackson which is why quarterbacks get drafted that are like lamar jackson and then they aren't lamar jackson and it's going to keep happening for a long time so i i I don't i I think
1: miami would give him a blank check and say write whatever amount of money you want on this and we'll pay it
0: yeah that would be an interesting team for lamar to go to but sticking with you know baltimore joe flacco He has a history with the Baltimore Ravens. And Matt, I know you were really excited to talk about this. It's the reason we're talking about it today, because you brought it up. Joe Flacco's revenge tour, because Zach Wilson will be out for the first four games of the season, and the former Ravens quarterback will start games against the Ravens, Browns, Bengals, and Steelers to start the year. I mean, how many of these games is Flacco realistically going to win, or does that not even matter? Just the coincidence that he's playing against the I just teams?
1: love that it's quite literally a tour; like he's going to the entire division he used to play in. And you know, I think Joe Flacco can keep the Jets steady. I mean, they might be able to sneak out one win, but I mean, the AFC North is incredible. So I just thought it was very coincidental the Jets unfortunately opened their first four games with the entire AFC North. And the former AFC North quarterback is leading them through all of this.
2: Yeah, he's like a wish Kirk Cousins is how I would describe Joe Flacco. Or the, you know, great value, whatever you want to call it. The lesser of Kirk Cousins.
0: And I think that that's what he will give them. Um, so, yeah. So, Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers. What's the Jets record after four weeks?
1: One in, so. I want to say zero and four. I kind of have to say one and three because I feel like they'll steal a win against either us or Pittsburgh.
0: I like one and three as well. Yeah, I say one and three. I have them beating Pittsburgh but losing to the other AFC North teams. And let's talk about our Cleveland Browns guys. Yes, sir. Browns Panthers today, where things might get ugly in the studio. Browns Panthers. Let's preview Week One against the Panthers. What are three keys to the game? for a browns win matt i want to hear yours first
1: i have three keys for offense and three keys for defense all
0: right fire away man
1: all right defense you need to get pressure with the front four carolina if you play quarters this entire game you can very well limit them like you're not going to stop them completely because there's playmakers there play quarters coverage get pressure with four frazzle baker mayfield force him to make a mistake Then uh, another thing with the secondary, stay patient. You're going to be playing a lot of quarters coverage. Do not bite on the short routes. I have Martin Emerson. He's a rookie. He's starting today in place of Greedy Williams. I'm fearful that he's going to get, like, quote-unquote bored of giving up, you know, the six-yard out, the four-yard hitch. I think if he tries to jump a pass and they run a double move, that could be a really big play for Carolina. And then last thing for the defense, get Baker Mayfield flustered. This guy – you know, he, he makes mistakes, Jake. I'm, I'm trying to get personal. He leads the league in interceptions since 2018. Mistakes are a part of his thing. And you, you know, you coached him for four years. You know what makes him flustered. And you know, you knew how to negate it when he was playing for you. Now create those scenarios against him. All right. Offense. Here we go. Establish wide zone, duo, and zone split early and often. That front seven, mm. that front seven cannot Carolina's front seven cannot overpower this offensive line. James Hudson is starting at right tackle, and Ethan Posich is starting at center. You need to get these guys going early because those two could spell some issues. All right, and then stay in front of the sticks. No stupid penalties. You're starting Jacoby Brissett. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. And then the last thing three words Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Get him going.
0: You'll win. All right, a lot there to break down from Matt. Alex, you had a reaction to one of them, but what are your keys?
2: Yeah, you know, run the ball. I'll start with that. Do not put any more pressure on Jacoby than we need to. If we can bring their safeties inside the box and then keep the defense on their feet, maybe run some play action or some boot, it would be beautiful. And that's only going to happen from running the ball. And it, it's a win-win situation, really, especially if they do bring those safeties in. Next, I have Creek baker um, next no, completely disagree. <laughs> I I think that Joe Woods, a lot of run blitz, and I think he overcrowds the D-line. Uh, had one of the worst O-lines last year. They're lining, you know, Miles is lining up. Huge mismatch. Um, obviously, Matt mentioned the interceptions. And I say we Bloods Creek Baker, but more importantly than Bloods Creek Baker, I have contain Christian. Uh, if the Browns can force Carolina to pass, which in my opinion should be their goal, they need to contain McCaffrey. I I like cover two corners in the flat, safeties covering half the field. So when McCaffrey goes on an option route, then they have Denzel and Jeremiah who can bracket him off. Johnson cover the top. That's how I would do it personally. If they can't force him to pass, but regardless, they need to be able to contain McCaffrey, contain McCaffrey, blitz Creek Baker, and run the ball.
0: All right, Mikey is aligned with some of your guys' is, but I do have some outliers. First, I put pressure on Baker by blitzing that offensive line early and often.
1: They're not going to blitz today. Do not expect them to blitz. We'll Don't see. Expect- I-, I said run
2: blitz, but you know, obviously, you call a run blitz and might be a pass play, so
0: that um. I think it out. more so boils down to maybe not blitzing Baker but putting him putting pressure on him and making him uncomfortable
1: if in the you pocket. can if I'll tell you that if you can't get pressure with that front four you're not gonna win if you if you sure. have if you have to send a linebacker, you're not gonna win i also sure. i also said blitzkrieg
2: Baker you know Blitzkrieg means the air The ground and the water, obviously, if you were talking war times. But, you know, it just means in general, you're going to have to cover him, give him a hard time everywhere, not necessarily blitz him on the D line, Matt. All right,
0: my second key establish a short passing game for the Browns as they could add a lot of variety on offense for us since the Panthers are expecting us to run the ball so much. Of course, we need to run the ball a lot to Nicholas Jamal Chubb and to Kareem Hunt in this game. But I think at a point that could be predictable in a way for the Panthers defense. So if we establish a short passing game, we could use that and play action as well to just throw in some variety in our offensive scheme and be a little bit more unpredictable against that Panthers defense. And my last key, you know, a lot of eyes are going to be on Cade York today. And with a lot of people expecting this game to be a low-scoring game, a defensive-dominating game, a field goal could very well decide this game today. So I think Cade York, depending on him a lot today as well, see what the rookie kicker does in his first action in the National Football League. But before we go to our NFL pickums, guys, I have some over-unders, a little game we'll play, over-unders for today's Browns-Panthers game. So first... Baker gets sacked over under three and a half times today. Three and a half? I'm going
2: to take the under. To sacked in total, I'll
0: take the over. Okay. All right, I'm going to take the under next. Cade York makes over under two and a half field goals.
2: Under. I'll take the under as well.
0: I'm going to take the over. Brissett throws for over under 175 yards.
1: Hmm. I'll say over, but not by a lot. I'm going to go with over as well. Maybe, like, yeah, not by a lot. I think he can eclipse 200. I mean, like, one arm Baker Mayfield last year averaged 215 a game. I think it's possible.
0: All right. This game sees over under two and a half turnovers. I'll take the over. I will take the over because Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Thanks for that.
1: (laughs) I was... I think that was implied. All right. (laughs) right.
0: Not the Jacoby Brissett, who's probably the worst of the two quarterbacks playing today, but I'll take it.
1: No, not because of that. Jacoby Jabronis are here. Well, two
0: more over and unders for us uh, for the running backs now. Christian McCaffrey runs for over under 125 yards.
1: I'll take the under, but I think he eclipses 125 total yards.
0: That's fair. I take the under. Yeah, I completely agree with Matt's take there next chubb runs for over under 125 yards i think like
1: 120 is the sweet spot so i'll take the under because you got kareem
2: i'm also gonna take the under i hope they split up the running good
0: yeah i agree with you guys there as well last one off the top of my head chubb scores over under one and a half touchdowns over i'll take the over over okay well, we will get into our NFL pickups here shortly, and that's when our picks for the Browns and Panthers game will come. But first, before we get to the Week One pickums, we have a special Twitter announcement at WZIP Sports. Not only will we be posting weekly fantasy football scoreboards for those of you that listened to and enjoyed our fantasy football draft podcast, but we will be posting NFL Pick'ems for Browns games and Monday Night Football matchups. Every week before kickoff, we'll keep a record of these picks throughout the year to see who the best analyst up here at WZIP Sports is in terms of picking NFL games, something we have never done. I love doing NFL pick-ems, but I was kind of annoyed because they didn't mean anything. We never kept track of our actual pick-ems, and that shouldn't be on the listeners. That should be on us. So rather than doing pick-ems every single week, especially because we, you know some guests are on more than others— Every single person at WZIP Sports will be making a pick for every Browns and every Monday Night Football game this season, and we will be posting that on our Twitter page and keeping track of it all season long. But without further ado, let's get into our Week 1 NFL pickums the first pickums that you guys have done on Sports Power Talk. I'm sure you're excited, and we're going to start with the 1 o'clock games, and we'll start in Detroit as the Lions host the Philadelphia Eagles, Matt. I'll go to you first.
1: My mind says pick Philly. My gut says pick Detroit. I'm going to go with my mind here. I like Nick Sirianni's offense. They just added A.J. Brown. I think Detroit keeps it close, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see an upset, but I got to pick Philly. Yeah, I want to see the Lions win as well,
0: but I'm going Eagles. Yeah, I'm going the Eagles as well. I just think they are better everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if it is a little bit closer than people expect, but I do think the Eagles are going to be great this year. Next, The 49ers at the Bears. Matt, you showed us a video of what the Bears stadium looks like right now in the field conditions, but who do you like in this one?
1: Yeah, it's an absolute monsoon. For those that haven't seen the video, I like San Francisco's defensive line against that awful Bears offensive line. I think San Francisco controls this game easy. I'm going to go 49ers here.
0: Yeah, I think Nick Bosa... Controls that offensive line. Oh,
1: and Eric Armstead, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh, going to be great.
0: I think that's really where this game lies. I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. Next, an AFC North matchup here. Steelers visiting the Bengals.
1: You know, again, it's one of those things. My mind tells me to pick the Bengals, but I'm going to go Pittsburgh. I'm going to throw an upset there. I think, you know, they heard all the, well, you know, Mitch can't, you know, the Mitch Trubisky slander, and the Bengals are coming in a bit too hot. So I'll go Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Save us from Pat Weber if that happens. Yeah. Alex, go ahead. I'm
2: going to go with the Bengals here. I think they're criminally underrated, and I,
0: have, I don't have a good reason why they are, uh, but I'm going Bengals. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think the Steelers finished last in the AFC North this season, while the Bengals, they have a very good shot at finishing first in the division. And that starts today with a Bengals win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next, Alex, I want to hear from you first. This time, Patriots at the Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins. Dolphins is the pick for Alex. Matt?
1: I'll go New England. I trust Belichick more.
0: New England. All right. I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. That offense for Miami is very questionable right now. Is Tua going to be that guy for the future for the Dolphins? I don't think so, but I think they get the job done today at home in Miami. Next, the Colts go on the road to take on the Texans. Matt, go ahead.
1: I'll take Indy. I like that roster. I'll take the Colts as well.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the Colts. I think the Texans finish last in that division. Same thing with the Steelers and Bengals. I think the Colts have a chance at the top of that division. I like the Colts over the Texans. Next, Saints at Falcons. Alex, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints here.
1: Yeah, that Falcons roster is a joke. Give me
0: NOLA yeah i'm going with the saints as well the falcons could very well be the worst team in the nfl this year i guess it's somewhat interesting to see how marcus mariota will play after being a backup for so long but no i'm going with the saints i think they're insanely talented and michael thomas will suit up today so that's important as well next ravens jets joe flacco's revenge tour starts today who do you like matt
1: i think lamar jackson makes them regret not offering him a fully guaranteed contract this afternoon You know, this was my hardest pick, actually,
2: um, because I genuinely think that the Jets can win it, but I am going... You know what? I'm going Jets. I'm changing it right now. You're
0: insane. Don't do it, This is the hardest pick. Yeah. There are a ton of hard picks in Week 1 that we haven't even gotten to yet, and the Ravens and Jets was your difficult pick.
1: Let's go. We're pushing the clock. Let's go. Let's go.
0: That that's very questionable. I'm going with the Ravens by by a landslide. I'm going with the Ravens next Jaguars at commanders to round out the one o'clock games. Give me Jacksonville. I like the Jaguars here. I like the commanders, even though they were selling mugs at their stadium today. I I don't know if you saw that that. (laughs) with their logo in the state of Washington behind their logo.
1: For those that don't know, they are in
0: DC. Yeah, they are, uh, not, they are Washington not in Washington, State. guys. They're not in Washington. But I do have the Commanders winning today. Honestly, it's two teams that shouldn't really do anything this year. But I'm going with the Commanders. Four twenty five excuse me, four twenty five games. Packers at Vikings. This one's tough for me to pick. Matt, who do you like?
1: I'll take Minnesota. I think they win that division this year. Yeah, I really like the Vikings. I'm going Vikings.
0: I'm going with Vikings as well. Wow. Should be a contested game in minnesota but i do like the vikings over the packers i think uh lazard is out as well
1: yeah alan lazard's out i know so it's gonna be christian watson randall cobb and romeo dobbs so yeah
0: so it's gonna be tough for the packers to compete i like the vikings next giants at titans i'll take the titans easy i really like the titans here all right i like the titans as well next this was my toughest game to pick it's raiders at chargers chargers easy Raider Nation, baby. I'm going Raiders. They're winning all their games. Every in the every single game. 17-0. Correct. All right, let's go, Jake. I'm going the Raiders as well. Ooh. I think they're really talented, Ooh. and I think this is going to be a great game. I wish this was Sunday night football or Monday night football because it's such a great game, and I might not even be able to watch it. But, no, I think Raiders Chargers is going to be a great game. I'm picking the Raiders. Next, Chiefs, Cardinals. I'll take the Chiefs. Easy. Chiefs, 100%. I don't think it's that easy, but I am going to go with the Chiefs as well. Sunday Night Football, Buccaneers, Cowboys. Uh, Tommy Brady. Give me the Buccaneers. Tommy Brady is the pick for me as well. Now, for our most important picks, we have Monday Night Football. Broncos, Seahawks. Not a great matchup for Monday Night Football for Week 1, if I'm being honest. But Matt, who do you like?
1: We're about to see what a revenge game from an undersized quarterback looks like on Monday Night Football. Give me the, uh, give me the Broncos. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride.
0: ride. Yeah, I, I like the Broncos as well, as does spoiler alert, every single member of WZIP Sports pick the Broncos for Monday Night Football. But not every member of WZIP Sports pick the Browns against the Panthers. Huge game today. Alex, who do you got? I'm going with your Cleveland Browns. They're going to take a big dub today.
1: Browns by double digits. Wow, Wow, not even close.
0: Not even close.
2: This will be Baker's last start of the season. (laughs) No. Yeah, that's comical. We're not pulling PJ
1: Walker. We're not putting PJ Walker in.
0: That is comical. I think the Panthers take the game today. I am one of three members at WZIP Sports who has okay. the Panthers winning today against the Browns, but it should be a fun game today. Can I ask why you think
1: that? Like, I want to hear your reasoning outside of Baker Mayfield's MAD.
0: I mean, it's they're on the road, and I think Jacoby Brissett is a huge question mark. And I think, think the Browns that- can run the ball all day, but at a certain point, that gets predictable, and I don't have a ton of confidence in the, in the Panthers' defense, but I think they can stop the run enough. To win today's game. Who who will be stopping the run? Like I said, it it can get predictable. Okay. That's all I'm saying. It can get predictable. I think it's, the Panthers' it's predict- defense. It doesn't
2: matter. Will eventually
0: be okay. able to stop the run.
2: And it's hard to stop the run, Jake. When you got two real good backs that you can just run all the time, and two all-pro. But backs. even
0: last year when we just ran those two backs all the time, we
2: didn't though. But we didn't do it all the
0: time. But we did in certain games. And in the NFL, you have to have some passing game to win games.
1: Exactly. That's why we didn't win games
0: last year. And we have Jacoby Brissett starting today. Whereas the the Panthers have some weapons, guys. The Panthers do have some weapons. I'm taking Carolina. We'll see how it plays out today. The anxiety attack is about to begin in a matter of minutes. But all right, that will do it for today's kickoff weekend of the NFL edition of Sports Power Talk, among other things we talked about week two of college football. UFC 279 and the MLB as the Guardians are in a three-team race to the end for the AL Central. Any last thoughts on today's show, gentlemen?
1: To all my Browns fans, I pray for our mental health and I pray for our livers. I agree. In the words of Nate Diaz,
2: I'm not surprised when the Browns win tonight. Tonight?
1: Today. Okay. 4.15 is the evening. Okay, go ahead.
0: For me, I wish DJ Irons a speedy recovery and look into our podcast, SPT Rewind and SPT Overtime. Logan Congrove, you guys know I hate him, but he has put together (laughs) a fantastic podcast with multiple guests that you won't want to miss tomorrow. Joining me on today's show were
1: Matt Matt Permuca
0: and Alex Henry. My name is Jake Murren. Enjoy week one of the NFL, everyone. Be kind to me. If it doesn't go Baker Mayfield's way today, and we'll see you next week, same time and place, for more Sports Power Talk.